Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to College Football Roundtable. I'm your host, Dano E. Cabeza, editor here at As for Football. And as always, I'm coming to you out of coastal Connecticut. I'm joined today by Jordan in Atlanta, Rob in Vietnam, James from Brigade Review out of Texas, and that's it. So, guys, how are we doing today? I am doing well. It's a beautiful sunny day here at the center of the universe. So I'm enjoying the weather, and uh, hopefully it doesn't get too ridiculously warm. We have had some odd weather patterns, but I'm sure people in the the Midwest are catching it worse than we are because that usually means snow, but we've been doing pretty well on this end. So uh, for for listeners, this is not the same Rob that was our previous first captain. This is the new Rob who is coming on board as our podcast producer slash Expert sound guy, uh, played 150s back at the academy. Uh, Rob, I don't remember what year you graduated, so remind us. I was uh, class of 97. There and you that go. Is the, and the great distinction of our class is we were the last class to beat Navy all four years in a row, which has uh-huh. not happened in a very long time. There you go. Beat Navy. Jordan, how you doing? You know, Dan, doing good. You know, staying busy. It's uh, 75 beautiful, beautiful degrees here in Atlanta. Um, we are... Uh, anticipating some gasoline shortages, so we'll see how that plays out over the next few days. But uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you, you watch Seinfeld, but uh, you know, there's that episode where they all go down to Florida and they can't fly back because Elaine screws her back up and Jerry, you know, gets his, his capillaries burst and he's, well, you know, you know, it, weekdays go by fast and today's almost over and then it's the weekend and then we leave. That's what I feel like, you know. We're, we're in that kind of period of college football where, well, you know, May's almost over and, you know, June and July will go by fast and then it's August. So, like, even though we're three or four months away from the start of the season, it's really only like three weeks. So <laughs> definitely true. James, how's Texas I'm doing? Well, Dan, it's a beautiful 85 here today. So loving that. Uh, just flying, doing Sims, having fun. Awesome. Well, as always, friends, this show is brought to you by Emblem Athletic. Emblem is the source for all of your custom sporting goods needs. Let them trick out your unit today, whether that unit is military, police, fire, or just your flag football team. We don't care. It looks like we're going to be coming out of lockdown pretty soon now. And in fact, half the nation is already out, even here in uh, sunny Connecticut will be out in next week. So now, folks, now is the time to start thinking about getting your, uni- your unit's intramural team uniforms ready. When I was in 464 Armor, we got uniforms for our intramural soccer team, and I still have this shirt, and folks, it sucks. It's stained, the color has faded, it's terrible. But Emblem has great quality stuff, and their website makes it super easy. Their artists will work with you to get the design that you want that speaks to your unit or your police station or just your kid's seven-on-seven flag football team, whatever, man. They will, you answer a quick questionnaire, they lead you through the rest of the process, and and they, you'll be good to go. So look good, play good, feel good. Emblem Athletic can help. Be a gear hero for your unit today. Visit emblemathletic.com. 
So with that, James, why don't you take us through the top 25 post-spring football edition using, uh, I don't think we have AP or CFP rankings, definitely not at this point. So uh, just tell me what you got. Yeah, we got uh, CBS uh, Sports let out their uh, post-spring football uh, preseason rankings. So we're going to use those for today. Uh, hopefully the next time around uh, we'll be using the AP preseason um, and then Obviously, week six or eight or whenever it is, we'll start using the, the CFP committees. Uh, but for now, we got CBS Sports, and that's what we're going with. So coming in, number one overall, the undefeated defending national champions, Alabama Crimson Tide. Nick Saban looking for yet another championship, followed closely by the Clemson Tigers. The Clemson Tigers missing out on, obviously, star quarterback Trevor Lawrence, uh, followed by Boomer Oklahoma Sooners. And Iowa, uh, excuse me, Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, the reigning disappointment of uh, 2020. <laughs> Up next, uh, my hopeful SEC champion, the Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, man. Followed by, I guess, another Big 12 team, Iowa State Cyclones. Don't know if I agree with that one, but they're in there. Uh, next, at number seven, we got Mac Brown and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, coming off of a relatively disappointing season, but looking if they can finish in the top 10 this year. Back in the top 10, Oregon Ducks. Pac-12, awfully high there. Uh, We'll see what you guys think. Is Texas back at number nine? Nope, but Texas A&M is. Aggies taking a top 10 spot in this preseason poll. Cincinnati Bearcats, the lone group of five team in the top 10. Notre Dame following at number 11. Uh, Then we go back to the Big Ten, Wisconsin Badgers coming off of a disappointing year, but uh, got that freshman quarterback coming back as a sophomore and hoping for the best. Florida Gators coming in at number 13. USC back to the Pac-12 again at number 14, and the ACC taking the 15th overall spot, Miami Hurricanes, down in Florida. Back to the SEC for LSU, and then Texas comes back at number 17. The Big Ten, the menace of the Big Ten, Iowa, takes the number 18 spot, followed by their uh, out-of-division opponent, Penn State. The Huskies... The Puppies out in Washington coming in at number 20. That's a lot of Pac-12 teams. Uh, Indiana Hoosiers coming in at 21, and yet another Pac-12 team at 22. Man, these are some hot takes out of the Pac-12. I wonder who (laughs) wrote this. Perhaps the hottest take at number 23, the Michigan Wolverines coming off of 2-4 and season. Do have a couple of transfers coming in, but we'll talk about that soon. Number 24, another group of five team in Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, off of an 11-1 season. And then finally, rounding out the top 25 with another Big 12 team, Mike Gundy's Cowboys out of Oklahoma State. Gentlemen, what do we think? Uh, Rob, let's start with you since you are the uh, new guy on the block. All right, so the first comment I have is boo, boo, boo (laughs) to Oregon, big number eight. Like anybody that's watched college football for like the last 15 years knows that they're going to drop a key game somewhere in the middle of the – the tail end of the season, like week 13 and beyond, you got to hold your breath because Oregon is not going to be able to pull through. Uh, the the shade that you threw on Ohio State would not be well liked by my wife, who is from Ohio, so she's right up the street. She's actually from Canton, but uh, she's I from that four letter word. Yes, she absolutely is. <laughs> you know, one of the uh, one of the craziest parts about the this this ranking is the overexposure of the Pac-12. I mean, I think maybe they're trying to posture them to give them another run at the national championship this year, you know, so they can make it into the CFP and and show out, but you know, part of the the discussion where they struggle 
is the eye test because their games are on so late. So not mm-hmm. a lot of people get the visual Absolutely. of how well or how poorly their teams are doing. And so usually it's just tied to the fan base. Uh, North Carolina, great defense this year. I uh, had the opportunity to, to see some of the games local here, and they did pretty well. Uh, Cincinnati, again, you know, for those of you that don't like uh, the Ohio State University with old Luke Fickle coming in as the coach, the head coach of the Bearcats, they showed up pretty well this year. Actually, I think their toughest game was against Army, which is kind of surprising. But uh, overall, I think that it's pretty fair on the on the rankings, except for you know Oklahoma State and all that shenanigans. I think the Chanticleer should have been ranked a little bit higher as well. But I'll pause there and see what you guys got. All right, man. I, I have some thoughts too, and I definitely want to come back to your Pac-12 take. Uh, but Jordan, what do you got, man? Oh, I have thoughts, Daniel. I mean, (laughs) you know this. First of all, ESPN has their power rankings out. And it's not like a it's not like a top 25, but they do have Louisiana, who finished 10 and one ranked. And, you know, CBS Sports, I guess, forgot about that. Um, Florida. We talk about Florida. So, you know, they they said, oh, we're going to win because we're going to have two Heisman winners on our team. First of all, there's only one person who wins the Heisman a year. But, you know, it's Florida. They don't know how to do math. So. They lost Kyle Trask. They lost Kyle Pitts. They lost half their team. And now you're telling me they're at what, number 13? Are you kidding me? The wheels fell off. The, the most exciting thing that happened to Florida was they threw a shoe at the end of the season. Like, they are not <laughs> a top 15 team. Top 25, say, sure. Jordan. Top 15, absolutely not. USC, again, really, like, I don't know what to tell you. Every year it's Clay Helton sucks. We're going to fire Clay Helton. Oh, my gosh, he's horrible. And then he starts winning a couple games, and all of a sudden USC's in the top 10. So I think there's hype really hyped up is Michigan who finished two and four Harbaugh was they win to the off season every year, every year. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the fan base. I don't know if it's, if it's the media, I don't know what it is. Michigan always sneaks their way and manages to just kind of stay around. And that's really kind of, you know, quintessential of my final point is that the rankings are not about talent. It's not about skill. It's not about coaching discipline, playing the game of football it's about fan bases and airtime. It doesn't matter how good you are, how well you prepare, because the schmucks at, at CBS and ESPN don't care about that. They just care about clicks and ratings. I understand. They're a business. I got it. But our media is skewed, and unfortunately, college football is skewed. We all know I think it's you know this communist conspiracy to keep everybody out. <laughs> At the end of the day, these rankings are not reflective of who the best 25 teams in college football are. It's reflective of who has the most online engagement. End of rant. Oh, Jordan, thank you for that one. Oh, man. Communism in uh, college football, film at 11. Yeah, you know, I I agree with everything you guys said, especially all these teams, all these Pac-12 teams in these rankings. I didn't really pick up on that when I was reading through this. I did think Iowa State at number six is primed for a fall. I mean, who knows? They definitely finished strong last year, but boy, they didn't start strong. And Cincy at 10 maybe gives them an outshot at the CFP, but they had the ultimate chance at the college football playoff last year, and they didn't get they didn't get in there. So I'm not much of a believer. Uh, other than that, I think it's a little disingenuous that Liberty is not ranked, considering that Liberty pretty much destroyed the ACC last year in detail, including and then beat Coastal Carolina pretty soundly in the bowl game. I'm, I'm not sure what they need to do to get on here, but what are you going to do? Anyway. 
that's the top 25. We're still, you know, more than two months out from this season. So we'll see how this evolves. And maybe we'll take it uh, from another source next time. I did think it was interesting, though, to get CBS's take on it for reasons that we'll get to in a minute. But before we do that, uh, James, why don't you take us through some uh, – I'm sorry, Jordan, why don't you take us through some spring football news and notes here? Absolutely. So, you know, spring football is supposed to be kind of the quiet time. There's supposed to be no drama. If you follow college football, if you follow Army football, if you follow Big 12 football, you know that there was hella drama, as the youth say. Kansas football. Kansas somehow managed to – spend what was it three months trying to hire a head coach after les miles may or may not have done something inappropriate and the athletic director may or may not have been a been a jerk so end of the day all said and done kansas hired coach lance leopold out of buffalo i think he had spent six years there um really had built that program i think it's a great hire i'm also biased because the other person being interviewed was Army Army head coach Jeff Munkin, who did not uh, take the job. Um, you know, we're all we we are all Army guys on the show, and I know I was up at 4 a.m. trying to read tweets to see who, <laughs> who may or may not be on what flight from Poughkeepsie to Kansas City. And oh man, it was not great for my health. Um, however, you know, Buffalo has come out and and said they're going to hire Michigan's uh, Maurice Lindquist. Um, he's an elite recruiter, especially in defense. Spent some time in the NFL. Overall, I think it's a great hire. We'll see what happens. Uh, additionally, in, in college football news, Jamel Carruthers from Navy has entered the transfer portal. That's a and bad loss some, for them. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. And then in some uh, not great news, some you know sad news, Jake Ellinger, linebacker out of Texas, Sam Ellinger's younger brother, uh, passed away a few weeks ago. Oof. And then uh, Colt Brennan from Hawaii passed away earlier today. Uh, I believe he was in a uh, entered himself into a rehab facility. Um, so those two losses, those guys are both, you know, I- iconic players, um, especially made a difference in their pro- program. I know Colt Brennan was a Heisman finalist. So um, that's kind of the news that's shocking the college football world right now. Yeah, that's horrible. I saw that thing about uh, Brennan today. That's that's just terrible. Whatever the whatever the uh, notes are. Rob, you got anything to add? Yeah, I can tell you that the, the stress of the coaching things, because, you know, Jeff Munkin has expressed two things, how much he loves army and how much he wants to be a power five coach. And those two things do not line up, but uh, the opportunity at Kansas, but you also have to look at it. It's a basketball school. So you're not going to get the support that you want from the community or from the rest of the university, as you think you would, if you would have jumped on that opportunity. So I'm glad that he stayed at army because it's better for us, but it's also better for, for college football because Kansas as a program is completely irrelevant. And uh, as much as we want to try and hype them up, that would just be a waste of talent, putting a coach of uh, Jeff Munkin's stature there. Uh, and with the, the transfer portal, you know, the transfer portal is kind of like free agency in the NFL. Like if you care about the team, then you care about the players. But uh, if you don't, it, it, it's for me, it's like less exciting. But I do like to see the occasional fifth fifth year senior show up and just ball out because he's just like working on his masters and, and, and playing ball. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, James, you got anything to add? Yeah, I'll say, uh, you know, when all these reports started coming out, because initially uh, the reports were saying it was going to be Munkin, um, it was people were kind of freaking out and acting as if it was a a done deal. But uh, come to find out two days later, it was going to be Lance Leopold. And, you know, the 
the, the following possibility is not out of the question. You know, Jeff Munkin wants to stay at Army, and he's making a certain amount of money and sees this as an opportunity to pull more money out of the athletic department, which he has the right to do. Um, so this all very well could have been a ploy to get a raise at Army, and he might well have gotten one. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to read too much into anything, but uh, there are a lot of different possibilities here. And uh, and so to, to assume that uh, Jeff Munkin is, you know, wants to do this or wants to do that, you know, who knows? Well, we talked about this a little bit in the Firsty Club, and folks, if you want to join us for these discussions in the Firsty Club, you do that through patreon.com slash asforfootball. You know, Lance Leipold, before he left Buffalo, was making something like $650,000 per year. Coach Munkin's salary is a closely held state secret, which is fine. I have no issue with that. But if you know, his biggest comparable is uh, Ken Niamatololo from Navy, who's making $2.1 million coaching the mids. And Leipold just took this job at Kansas, and he's making $2.2 million. So, you know, for better or worse, the Jayhawks went the cheaper route, which doesn't say a lot about their determination to win at the FBS level. Um, you know, and it's a great shot for Lance, and, and I think he'll be great. I think he was outstanding at Buffalo. I mean, freaking really terrific. But, folks, guys, the real winner in all of this is CBS. Let's check it out. CBS is losing SEC football in 2023. So that's going to leave them with their broadcast partners being Army, Navy, the MAC, the Mountain West, Conference USA, and UConn. And with that, they're going to go up against ABC or ESPN, who's going to have conference tie-ins with all five Power Five conferences, plus the American, Fox, who's who's got the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, and NBC, which has got Notre Dame. And believe it or not, Notre Dame counts for a lot. So, you know, the real winner here is CBS. CBS needs Army to be relevant worse almost than the army fan base does because if army loses munkin what do they have i mean you know they've at this point they've got nothing they've got the army navy game and like the mac championship and that's uh that's tough there's talk now that cbs might go after the pac-12 in 2023 when the sec leaves which is why maybe cbs sports is ranking you know 25 pac-12 teams in the top 25 I'm not saying that they would do that, but corporate synergy is a thing. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, CBS should probably pay about half of Coach Munkin's salary because, yo, they're getting a lot out of this deal. I'm sure they're paying a lot more than half of coaches, uh, Coach Munkin's salary to Army. Well, that's good because that means I don't have to pay it. <laughs> yeah, you, have a, uh, you just got to pay for the funds. natatorium. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, I got a pool to finance. Yeah, go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, so here's my thought on, on Munkin. Um you know, I work at a, at a big four firm. I love where I work. I don't really want to leave. If someone from McKinsey picked up the phone and called me and said, hey, will you interview with us? I would say yes. If a partner at McKinsey said, hey, you know what? Let me take you out to dinner. I would say yes. If they asked me to do a case study and talk about what I would do and how I would lead a team. I would say yes. So when I see Coach Munkin taking an interview, that doesn't bother me. When I see him you know, going out to dinner with a booster or this, that, and the other thing, doesn't bother me. When he talks about who he would have on his staff, doesn't really bother me. Because at the end of the day, you know, if I was put in that situation, you know, yeah, I want to explore the option. I want to see what the offer is. I want to you know, look and see what's out there. I think that's what he's doing. I understand yeah, he fair. wants to go Power 5 in a perfect world. He would be able to leave, go to a Power Five job for a couple of years. Brent Davis would kind of, you know, take over at Army, do 
do decent, and then they were kind of switch. Monkey would come back to Army for 25 years and be improved <laughs> in the North End Zone. Brent Davis could go coach the Citadel, his alma mater. Everybody wins. Everybody's happy. I don't know if that will happen. We'll see. You know, M- Munkin gave a very classy interview when he talked about, well, this is due to the success of our players. And, you know, people call me all the time and, you know, don't read into it. We're winning football games. That's why people are interested. So oh, that's fair. There's nothing. Nothing he said there was incorrect or in, implausible. I mean, yeah, they're winning football games and he's a successful coach. So he's getting interviews. I mean, exactly. what are you going to do? So, that's that's the way of the world. It. I don't hate him for it. You know, I, I think it is what it is. So, yeah, and, and in the truest sense of and in the truest sense of the word, you know, you have to remember the best time to look for a job is when you have one. Absolutely. So, you know, it's yeah. better to, it's better to move from one school to another while you know the iron is still kind of hot and you have a winning 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 percentage that is decent rather than trying to shop around and get yourself pulled out of you know mothballs or off the bench after you've not been coaching for a couple of years. So I think the reality of it is, is it's an opportunity that would appear for, for most coaches. And if it's a Power 5 school, I think any coach in his right mind in FBS football would have taken the interview as well. Absolutely. All right, guys, we have a note on this outline about the college football playoff expansion. I am going to shelve that for today because we have already got a pretty good talk. But I do want to talk about worst party schools in America very briefly. This came to us from at Big Game Boomer. He rates BYU as the very worst party school in America, followed by Army, which I think is fair, followed by Alabama, then Air Force, then Navy. Guys, I have two questions. Can BYU really be worse than West Point? Because that doesn't seem likely. And how in hell does Alabama rank third below Navy and Air Force? Come on, somebody help me out here. How does that happen? So, you know, I, I live in Atlanta and, you know, everyone who graduates from Alabama and Auburn end up in Atlanta because where the hell else are you going to go in the southeast? I, I don't want to, you know, burn any bridges here. I love the University of Alabama. <laughs> However... People from Alabama, the University of Alabama, are more of the, you know, natty light, jort-wearing, tailgate, get passed out, you know, and miss the game. And that's that's not a good time? You know, getting blackout drunk in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, that just, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Rob, talk some sense into this, man. Auburn, I just feel like I would rather go party at Auburn than I would at Alabama. 100% agree about Auburn there, by the way. Yeah, partying at the the tombs is a pretty big deal at Auburn. But uh, really what I would say is it's all about location, 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 right? If you look at those schools, you know, BYU is in the middle of Utah. I'm sure you have to drive a little bit to get anything or anywhere. Army is the same thing. There's not been a happening town outside of army <laughs> you know it's like we're, we're gonna go to the bear mountain circle like i don't even think that there's anything that's worth going out there tuscaloosa hey, alabama hey, falls is a lot of fun if you have a meth addiction so that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah, so, so, so you can satiate your meth cravings with some shades pizza you know i don't oh, think it's just odd then you got tuscaloosa alabama you know again although Jordan is in Atlanta where, uh, you know, North Georgia was where deliverance was, uh, recorded or filmed. <laughs> However, you're probably more likely to have some interactions from that film, uh, in Tuscaloosa and then air force. I don't understand like why air force is even, you know, number four, they should be, you know, a little bit higher on that list, 
just for the simple fact that they have, you know, skiing and Colorado Springs. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, that's fair. And then I, Navy. Ugh. And then Navy's Navy. And I guess, again, location, location, location matters. Like if you want to go bust open some crabs and eat some fresh seafood, that's a party town. But if that's not your thing, probably not so much. Georgia be Tech fair. should be a lot higher because they're just a bunch of freaking nerds and they don't they don't do anything. <laughs> they are so. in Atlanta, though. Yeah, but like everyone here is a Georgia fan or a Georgia Southern fan. Georgia Tech's kind of an afterthought. All the people who go to Georgia Tech don't party, and so <laughs> the students there like would rather study. So you know, I will say my father's dream for me was that I would go to Georgia Tech and become an electrical engineer, and I am an electrical engineer, but uh, I disappointed him on that front. So anyway, yeah, I just want to mention this about BYU. So as part of their honor code, their actual honor code, you cannot drink alcohol, tobacco, which is fine, or coffee or tea. So if you think you got it bad at West Point, at least you can get a cup of coffee. At BYU, coffee is out, which I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. So anyway, guys, we got a game this weekend. It is the FCS championship weekend. I got a, I got a confession to make. When this whole FCS season started, I think I am not the only one who thought we were all going to be watching a crap ton of FCS college football. I have watched almost none. And yet now it is coming to a close. We've got number two, Sam Houston versus number one, South Dakota State. That is Sunday, May 16th, 2 p.m. on ABC. Uh, we got a take on this. Who, who's been watching enough of this to have a take? James from Brigade Review, 100%. Let's go. What do you got? I would say that I have watched enough to have a significantly mild take. Um, I, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. It's pretty telling that the number one and number two seeds are, uh, are our two finalists here. I'm, I'm going to be rooting against Sam Houston State, I suppose. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. It's... I, I'm also sick of schools with Dakota in their name winning FCS national championships. So oh, it's a lose-lose. I, I think South Dakota is going to win, but it wouldn't shock me if they didn't. Well, Sam Houston State came back uh, from like multiple scores down to, to place here in the championship. So that's awesome. But it doesn't necessarily bode well against the typical Dakota wrecking crew. And I understand this is – you know, we're, it's usually North Dakota, and in this case, it's South Dakota. I understand that those are not exactly the same place. In fact, I think this is North Dakota State's first ever FCS championship, but if they don't win, I'll be quite surprised. So, yeah, uh, anybody if else? Yeah, if you, look, if you look at some of the numbers that are kind of floating out there, uh, Sam Houston is a plus 150 dog. So, that's really kind of what you're looking at. So, it looks like San Diego State's in the driver's seat. I'm sure that line will change as we get closer to the event, maybe, depending upon injuries or whatever that gets released. But uh, it looks we'll like see. South Dakota State is a four-point favorite. So yeah, yeah. So it, it it should be it should be closer than the experts think because it's a championship game. But like, it just depends on where they're playing. If it's hot, Sam Houston has an advantage. If it's cold, it's South Dakota. It's in, State. Uh, Frisco, I believe. Yeah. So. Oh. The, the, the climate edge goes to Sam Houston, but the betting line does not. Very interesting. All right. So confirmed, we are all picking Sam Houston plus four, yeah? That's our uh, lock I, of the I, week? I, I'm not, but you can. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't have a lock. Uh, if uh, readers, readers, listeners, I'm so used to writing. Uh, guys, if you have a take on the FCS championship game, we would love to hear it. Hit us up at As for Football. Hit us at asforfootball at gmail.com, whatever. Tell us what you think about this championship game. Uh, we obviously haven't paid that much attention to it after saying that we were totally going to, uh, but it's been an interesting uh, offseason nevertheless, so what are you going to do? Anyway, that's all we've got this week. Remember, visit Emblem Athletic for your custom athletic gear. Until next week, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we're going to do this biweekly through the offseason up until about, I don't know, we'll see how it goes, but definitely up until August. And, and that's it, and we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the AskForFootball.com College Football Roundtable. Join the Ask for Football team for our next episode as we bring you more hot takes and college football analysis. We would like to thank our sponsor at Emblem Athletic. Be your own hero for your unit or team today. You can find us at AskForFootball.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at AskForFootball. <laughs>